Let's read together the Word of God in Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man? that thou visitest him. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil." And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest, in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered, 
being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. The sermon text tonight is verse 12. I'm going to read again verses 11 and 12. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Did you hear him? Jesus singing, singing with us when we sang that last Psalter number. If you were listening for his voice, you would have heard him. Although Many of us are probably not even aware of what the Word of God says here in Hebrews 2, verse 12. Christ says to you and to me as we worship God together, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. That's a reminder of the fact that when we sing as a congregation, Christ joins his voice with ours and sings along with us. And as verse 12 says, he does that, does that to prove that he is our brother. Wonderful, isn't it? That's the word of God to which I call your attention this evening. And the theme is Jesus singing in the church. We're going to talk about that, about that beautiful truth. But we're also going to talk about how that happens And we're going to talk about why, why it's so important that when we sing, Jesus joins with us in singing the high praises of God. The verse, Hebrews 2 verse 12, is a quotation from Psalm 22. And that is very, very important as we look at this verse. If you look back to Psalm 22, it's verse 22, then you'll find that the Spirit the author of Holy Scripture, 
the author of Holy Scripture has changed what Psalm 22 verse 22 says just a little bit. Quoting this verse in Hebrews chapter 2, the Holy Spirit changes the word congregation to the word church. And where Psalm 22 verse 22 says, I will praise thee, the Holy Spirit says in Hebrews, I will sing praise to thee. And Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12 then is a kind of commentary with those changes on Psalm 22 verse 22. A commentary that reminds us that This has to do with us. It's not just Israel who experienced the wonderful truth of Psalm 22, verse 22, that Christ lifted up his voice and praised to God when that Old Testament congregation sang, but that he does the same with us in the church. And it's a reminder of the fact that this has to do, this matter of praising God has to do especially with our singing. That's why Hebrews 2 verse 12 is just, a little bit different from Psalm 22, verse 22. But the truth is, you can take that home with you this evening, the truth is that when the church of Jesus Christ sings God's praises, they do not sing alone. Christ Jesus sings with them. That is, in the worship of God, the most important thing that you can say about the singing of the church. And I'll come back to that. That's the reason for you and me to sing with understanding, to sing with all our hearts, to sing, as Paul says in Ephesians, making melody in our hearts unto the Lord. The question is, how is that possible? How does that happen, that Christ sings with us? And the answer is, first of all, that he sings with us as the one 
who is in us. United to Christ by faith. When you sing, then you hear in the singing of God's people the voice of Christ crucified, Christ risen again, Christ exalted at the right hand, Christ who in all of his work is one with his people. How does Paul say it in Galatians 2 verse 20? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's how, first of all, Christ's voice is heard in the singing of the church. And that's one reason, my dear fellow believers, that's one reason why, this, why it's so important that this is a quote from Psalm 22. I'd like you to turn, if you will, to that psalm. To Psalm 22. And I want you to look at verses 2 through 5. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and we're not confounded. When you read those verses, you say, that's me. I don't know how many times in my life that those words or something like them have not been on my lips in prayer. And yet... If you look at the first verse of Psalm 22, you'll see that though these words come from our hearts when in our troubles we pray to God, that they are not only our words, but Christ's. My God, my God, Why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? 
But that's true. What's true of that first verse is true of the whole psalm. And so you have it in the verses that follow. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. The point is, and that takes us back to Hebrews 2 verse 12, the point is that it's both Christ and his people singing Psalm 22 is a song singing there in that psalm. Their voices so so blended and mixed together that you can't even say when you read the psalm, this is us, this is Christ. It's all his song, but it's also all our song as those who are in Christ Jesus by faith. And so, if I may put it that way, when God's people Sing Psalm 22. Then you hear Christ crucified singing with them, mingling his voice with theirs. You hear Christ in his perfect obedience and righteousness singing with them. And what's true of Psalm 22 is true of all the Psalms. And you and I have to learn to look for that when we read the Psalms and listen for the voice of Christ when we sing the Psalms. Certainly, when we sing the Psalms, we we say to ourselves, this is exactly what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. But we have to see and say more than that. I hear in these words not only an echo of what's in my own heart, but I hear my Savior singing with me. I hear his voice mixed with mine. That's one reason, or one way, really, that Hebrews 2 verse 12 is true. We are in Christ Jesus, the life that I now live in the flesh, 
I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The other reason, the other way in which this happens is that the Psalms, that goes back to what we were just looking at, the Psalms are unique. All of Scripture, of course, is the Word of God in Christ. He speaks, speaks peace to His people in every verse and on every page of Holy Scripture. But that doesn't change the fact that the Psalms are unique. And they're unique because especially in the Psalms, not only but especially in the Psalms, Christ speaks directly and personally to us. You see that in the first verse of Psalm 22. You hear Christ himself personally speaking. That's so true, you know, that when he was suffering and dying on the cross, suffering during those horrible hours of darkness, he didn't have to think of something to say. He had already said it in Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But that's not true only of Psalm 22, verse 1. That's true of every psalm and every verse of every psalm. And as I said, we have to learn to look for that and to listen for that when the psalms are sung. Christ speaking personally as the Savior of his people. And of course, especially in the singing of the church, we have to listen for that. Every psalm, every verse is Christ speaking. Now, I think you know that we believe that and teach that about the preaching of the gospel. That somehow, in a way that none of us really understand, when the minister preaches, then Christ speaks through the preaching. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. If that wasn't true, 
then there would be no point in preaching. Whoever it is that stands up here, don't make any difference who he is. He can't change your hearts. He can't convince you of anything. He can't correct you when you've gone astray. He can bring you the admonitions of the Word of God, but beyond that, he's helpless. It has to be Christ speaking in the preaching of the Word, or we might just as well all go home and turn on our television sets. But the same is true of the singing of the church. Christ makes his voice heard in the singing. And that's the most important thing about the singing, too. If that weren't true, then, as I said, we might all as well all go home. There are other reasons to be here, of course. Spend time talking to each other, encouraging one another. But the main reason for any part of the worship service is the gracious presence of Christ as the one who speaks through the preaching of the gospel, and as the one who sings with us in the church. That's true of the other parts of the worship service, too. When the minister raises his hands and says, Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you, from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ through the operations of the Holy Spirit. If it's only Him, nothing's going to happen. There's not going to be any grace or peace to you. In that too, Christ speaks. But we're talking about the singing this evening, and about the fact that Christ sings with us, makes his voice heard in and with our singing. Let me give you an example of that from another psalm. If you have your Bibles open to the psalms, Turn to Psalm 88. That's a really good illustration of how important it is that Christ sings with us. I'm not going to read that psalm. You can do that on your own when you have opportunity. But if you read that psalm, there is not another psalm so dark 
and so gloomy as Psalm 88. The only ray of light in Psalm 88 is in those words of verse 1, O Lord God of my salvation. That is the only ray of light in this darkest of psalms. Otherwise, it's all like verses 3 and 4. My soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. And it ends on the same note. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend hast thou put far from me and mine acquaintance into darkness. Ask yourself the question, how can you and I ever sing something so dark and so gloomy? Sing a psalm in which, with the exception of a few words in that first verse, there is no light. How could you even want to sing that psalm? Well, the answer to that question lies in the fact that when we sing that psalm, Christ sings with us. And that, my dear fellow believers, that is the light that shines in Psalm 88. That these are Christ's words in His suffering. The words of Him who was crucified and slain for our sins, and who suffered not only the agonies of crucifixion, but all the wrath of God against our sins. It's Christ's voice singing these words that is the light that shines in Psalm 88. And that's why I used it too as an illustration of what we're talking about. But that brings me to a further explanation of what we've been talking about. What I've said is true of the Psalms. You see where I'm going? And that's one of the reasons why Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12 quotes a psalm when it says, I will sing thy praises in the church.
It's only in the Psalms that we hear and sing Christ's own words. That's the reason why in our churches we sing only psalms in the worship of God. That's not to say that hymns are always bad. Hymns can say things that touch our hearts. Many beautiful truths expressed in different hymns. But only in the Psalms is Christ's voice heard. Hymns are the words of men. And only when the church sings the Psalms, therefore, is Hebrews 2 verse 12. True. So don't ever give up that precious heritage of singing the psalms in the worship of God. There is probably no other passage in Scripture that is such a powerful argument for singing psalms in the worship of God than this verse. When the psalms are sung, let me underline that, that Christ sings with his church. That's how. Because he's in you. And because he speaks in the Psalms, personally. And speaks in the Psalms, I'm sure you've experienced that, speaks in the Psalms in a way that touches our hearts as no words of men can ever do. Why? Why is Hebrews 2 verse 12 true? And why is it so important? You know, three reasons why it's so important. And the first is simply this that if it were not for the voice of Christ in our singing, mixed and mingled with our own voices, our singing would never be acceptable to God. You know that. That has nothing to do with my ability to sing 
has nothing to do with how loudly I sang, but has to do with the fact that I, as a sinner, have no right to take God's name on my lips or to sing his praises. And it's only the fact that Christ lifts up his voice with ours, that our singing is acceptable to the God whom we worship. That's reason number one. The second reason why this is true, why Christ sings with us, The second reason is there in the book of Hebrews, in our text, and two, in the verses around our text, especially in that first part of verse 12. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. That's what he's doing. declaring God's name to us. And we sometimes experience the fact, too, that in the singing of the Psalms, he does that in a very special way. That's part of the wonder of singing. That somehow a song can touch our hearts as nothing else can do. Bring tears to our eyes. Make us happy. And that's what Christ is doing when he sings the name of God in the church. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Now there's a verse in Colossians that says something very much like that. Colossians 3 verse 16 about singing. And by the way, it talks about the word of Christ there too. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now in Colossians, the emphasis is on the fact that we're teaching one another admonishing one another. But when you come right down to it, it's Christ in us who's doing that. Doing what Hebrews 2 verse 12 says, declaring God's name to God's people. That's the second reason 
for what Hebrews 2 verse 12 says. And then if you turn again to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 12, you'll see that there's a third reason. That's why I read both verses 11 and 12 a little while ago. Christ's singing among us is the way that he assures us that he is our brother. Can you think of a better way for him to show that? Of course, we show that too when we sing together. We say, these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm happy to sing with them. Not just on my own or with my family, but with them as well. But Christ says that too by singing with his church. These are my brothers and sisters. I'm the one who's responsible for them. I'm the one as the firstborn from the dead who opened the way into life everlasting for them. I'm the one who has the responsibility of taking care of them and providing for them. And I am delighted to do so. It behooved him. The closing verses of Hebrews 2 say, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor, help them that are tempted. That's the third reason why Christ is pleased to sing with his church. Why Jesus sings in the church. So, what does that mean? Well, it means, first of all, you sing, too. If that's the way that he shows, one of the ways, that he shows that he's your brother, what do you think your singing says? Doesn't it say the same thing? He, by the grace of God, by a miracle of grace, is my elder brother. So sing. Sing with understanding. Sing with all your heart. Sing and make melody in your heart unto the Lord, but don't be silent. 
and listen for the voice of Christ when you say. Did you hear it? If you didn't, maybe you should go home and sing some of the Psalter numbers we sang this evening. Sing them over again. Amid the thronging worshipers, Jehovah will I bless. That's Psalter number 51. Before my brethren gathered there, his name will I confess. And then in verse 2, the burden of the sorrowful the Lord will not despise. He has not turned from those that mourn. He hearkens to their cries. How? How can you possibly sing those words of verse 2 with any confidence without hearing as you sing those words the voice of Christ who knows better than you and I will ever know that the Lord does not despise the burden of the sorrowful. That he has not turned from those that mourn. That he does hearken to their cries. Psalter number 111. Not sacrifice delights the Lord, but he who hears and keeps his word. How can you sing that without being depressed and afraid? Unless you hear when you sing those words, the words of Christ himself. Crucified and slain for all your sin. We're going to sing Psalter number 409. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In his temple God be praised. In the high and heavenly places be the sounding anthem raised. How do you know? Other than the word of God. Who's there? in the high and heavenly places to assure you that there also the high praises of God are sung forever and ever. You see? It doesn't matter then If you don't have the sweetest of voices, it doesn't matter if all you can do when you sing is croak. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many are singing the praises of God, although I can tell you I appreciated the singing the last two Lord's Days. 
What matters is what the Word of God tells us in Hebrews 2, verse 12. When Christ says to us there, I will sing in the church thy praises. Amen. Father, help us to understand. Help us to take the word to heart once again. And help us to hear the voice of our Savior. As we sing our last Psalter number this evening, and whenever we sing together. And may our singing be acceptable to Thee, pleasing to Thee, through what we've heard together this evening. Forgive us our sins in speaking of these holy things. Forgive us our sins in hearing of them. And all for Jesus' sake, in whose name we pray, amen.